Welcome to the Heart to Kill podcast, the official podcast of the Heart to Kill program, the world's leading program for driven individuals looking to gain direction and momentum, where we aim to break down the complex, multifaceted and holistic factors of human performance and optimization. Both on the program and on this podcast, we will be discussing and excavating everything pertaining to psychological resilience, physical robustness, and leading by example with discipline and tenacity to create a culture of winning, especially in the turbulent, frenetic, and high-tempo world of the ambitious individual. This is Mark, the creator, senior DS, and head coach of the Heart to Kill program. Let's get stuck straight into it. So in episode one and the first episode of a second series, I'd like to discuss thinking, okay? Something I spend an enormous amount of time discussing and talking about and, uh, and trying to convey on social media. And it's also one of the questions I most frequently get asked not only by people in my DMs, but also new clients joining the program, is how are we actually going to bring this to life? How are we going to connect the dots? And how can a change to your level of thinking change every facet within your life? So let's get stuck straight into it. It's really important you understand, and this is kind of my first point here, that there are only really two ways to actually solve a problem, okay? There are logical solutions, and then there are psychological solutions. Now understand that pretty much every client, in fact, every single client who joins the Hard to Kill program already has a body of evidence that they're able to work hard, that they have performed to some degree of standard, irrespective of whether that's in their professional field, whether that's sporting accolades, past endeavors, we know that they are motivated. And if you're listening to this, the chances are very high that you're a motivated and driven individual as well. Because if you weren't, you typically wouldn't be drawn to what it is I have to say, and you wouldn't be sat here listening to this. So at some point in your life, if you really look back, you'll be able to present and give yourself a degree of evidence that shows that you are motivated and driven. Now, to that extent, if you have enjoyed a degree of success, then it's obvious that you're able to solve problems on a logical level. So, you know, if we're to use a very easy analogy here, if you've got a busy day and you still want to get a training session in, the logical solution might be to get up an hour earlier so you can get the training session done. But the problem here is that's a finite solution. That's not a long-term solution to the problem because you're just going to get more and more tired. And as you do that, you're going to become passive about your goals. You're going to be disinterested. You're going to build a negative relationship with sleep and training. You know, the whole job's fucked. That's a very easy example. And, you know, we'll all have applied multiple logical solutions to to very many problems in life that that have gotten us to the level we're currently at. But the level of thinking that got you to where you are right now is not going to allow you to surpass your current levels of performance. Irrespective of what performance means to you, if that's professional, if that's personal, if that's athletic, if that's all three of those spheres, the same level of thinking that got you here that created these problems is now not going to be able to solve these problems for you. So we need to look at the secondary tier of problem solving and solution creation, which is psychological. So there's two ways to solve a problem, the logical and the psychological. Now, most people don't need help solving logical problems. If you've been stuck with your bench press, for example, you've probably spoken to someone who's better at bench press than you, been on Google or been on YouTube. Fucking mega, okay? You've got a logical solution to a logical problem and you have solved that problem. But what happens when you face a problem to which there is no seemingly obvious logical solution, to which every logical attempt you've made has, for one way or another, failed? Well, then we need to enter the psychological realm. And this is not me saying we need to now go all fucking Darren Brown about it. It's now we need to look at higher level thinking. And that's something I refer to really frequently uh, on the Instagram page, for example. So we want to elevate ourselves above the problem and actually start looking at our thinking. So what is a problem and what is it not? Is, you know, can we fix this with logic? If not, we're going to have to look at the psychological because a problem only falls into two categories. It's either a logistical problem or a mindset problem. 
And again, as your performance gets higher and higher, as you're able to perform to a higher standard in multiple areas of life, so in your home life, your professional life, in your sporting or athletic life, you're going to very quickly solve all these logistical level problems. You know, with proper preparation and planning ahead of schedule, all those kind of things, those are logistical solutions. But then you're gonna to get to some that are an issue with the mindset or an issue with belief systems, okay? And what I see most often is people are solving these logistical problems very well, but this in itself creates a problem. And that's the beauty of high performance and of the relentless pursuit of mastery. Every time you solve a puzzle, you'll create a new one. And logical like solutions are obviously finite. And again, it comes down to that level of thinking. But how do you know if your level of thinking is accurate or not? Well, this leads me on to point number two. You can't read the label when you are inside the bottle. So what we simply mean by that is, how do you know what you know? How do you know what you're thinking? And I don't want to get too high here and go off on too much of a tangent, but you have to understand that everything that you're currently thinking can be slowed down. That you're thinking about the problem is often the problem. So if I were to use an analogy here, okay? So let's pretend we've got a special forces operator still at the door of the Herc, and he's about to do his 50th jump. Okay, there's absolutely well, very little nerves or trepidation or fear, okay? If anything, it's probably a bit of a hindrance Bit of a nuisance, fuck's sake, gotta do this because I need to get ticked off for the year. Okay, as opposed to if we took a random person off the high street, stuck them in the exact same situation, they'd be absolutely fucking flapping, there'd be fucking feathers everywhere, probably have a borderline cardiac episode, okay? So what's the difference there? Well, it's simply the thinking about the situation because the physiological situation, the exact surroundings and situation are exactly the same for both those individuals. It's simply our thinking about it. It goes to show that we can reframe, we can change our perspectives and our paradigms, and that is what high level thinking is about. It's about taking that condor moment and looking at it for what it really is by removing the filters that we are currently looking through, which might lead us to believe there is no solution. I can't do this. I'm always failing. I've never been able to do this, that, and the other. Understand those are generalizations that are coming from in here and are not true to life. Your mind is a projector. It is not a camera. And you have to understand that. So when we're talking about not being able to read the label when we're inside the bottle, we must slow down and we must begin to question our level of thinking. And this is now the value of mentors, of trusted advisors, and like-minded peers, because they will very quickly be able to soundboard you and help you understand, well, is that true? Is that a reality? Or is that a belief system issue? Is that actually a logistical problem? And if so, here's how we fix it. Or is this currently a belief system? Are you standing in your own way? Because what you have to understand is that the mind will auto-align and it will self-write. You just have to let it. You have everything that you already need. You just, again, have to listen to it. You have to tune in. And that leads me neatly to point number three, that there is no change without awareness. I want to say that again. There is no change without awareness. Now, the problem therein lies that we glorify stress. We glorify being busy. We use being busy as some fucked up metric of success. And we attach, you know, busyness to success. And, oh, I'm really busy. I'm really stressed. You know, that guy must be really important. He must have fucking tons of responsibilities. He must be fucking cutting about like 10 men, putting out all these fires. The world could not fucking spin without this cunt. And it's like, well, that's not actually true whatsoever. We've just been societally programmed. And again, we have these belief systems that someone who is stressed must be doing a lot. And if they're doing a lot, they therefore must be successful. Now, referring back to what I said a couple of moments ago, the same level of thinking that got you here will not get you any further. So ticking off tasks, completing things will get you to a certain level of success. But you're here and you're listening because you're interested in accessing the higher echelons of performance, in leading a fulfilled life becoming the greatest possible version of yourself, becoming a leader to yourself and those around you. And if you want to do that, understand 
that you must extract yourself from that mindset. You must move away from that belief system that doing more is better. Now, the reason it's hard to reprogram, the reason it's hard to create this change is because taking those things off has created and allowed you to enjoy a certain degree of success. So slowing down is going to feel counterintuitive. It's going to even feel counterproductive and backwards. It's going to feel like it's a bad thing because when you feel like you're slowing down, you feel like you're doing the total fucking opposite. But I want to welcome that and I want to encourage that that when you are tired, when you're running on fumes and you feel stressed and you feel busy and you're fucking flapping, you're running around at a million miles an hour, I actually want to tell you to do the total fucking opposite of what your intuition is telling you to do in that moment. So, you know, if that's on a Friday and you've just fucking signed off a really high tempo, very, very stressful week, you know, your gut intuition might say, oh, let's get up early in the morning, go and get some fucking hills nip, get that done, get that done, get that done. Okay, you don't have to prove anything to anybody. I know that individuals listening to this in the, in the hard kill program can work really fucking hard, but can you recover hard? That is the fucking question. You must have the confidence to do the opposite of what your intuition is telling you to do. And that opposite is often to fucking rest and to slow down. Sometimes you just need permission. And once you have that permission, once you see there are other high performers, high achievers, and people you would aspire to be like who are deliberately slowing down, who are deliberately pumping the brakes and are able to affect the tempo in their life, you actually begin to understand, okay, there is something to this. Like this high level thinking of slowing down and listening to my intrinsic wisdoms, of allowing my mind to autocorrect and self-write, there is a hell of a lot of value in that. I mean, let's imagine even for a moment we flipped it around. I know that you're capable of working very hard. I know that every individual I work with is capable of working very hard in both athletic, sporting, and professional environments. But let's pretend for a moment, you know, I wasn't asking them to take time off. Let's pretend for a moment I was actually saying, okay, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. And they actually weren't able to conduct themselves in a manner to orchestrate and administrate themselves in a way that allowed them to get that done. So as a result, they didn't do it. We would chalk that up as a lack of fucking discipline. That person has failed with that task, okay? However, when I ask somebody to rest and I, I help them understand the importance of resting and, and slowing down and listen to their intrinsic wisdoms, often we distract ourselves. We're in fucking social media, which again contributes to our ability to not think. We're comparing ourselves to other people. We're self-deprecating. We're making ourselves feel like shit. We're, we're, we're comparing ourselves with others and with our former selves. We're making ourselves feel anxious. We're undermining our own self-worth. We've got low self-belief. So as a result, we don't rest. You know, we, we, we negotiate with ourselves. Like, oh, okay, well, I'll just go and do a bit of hiking or I'll just go and do this, just go and do that. Understand that's a fucking discipline failing. That's a discipline issue, okay? You know, if we use the analogy of those, those um, races, those time trial races they do up the sides of fucking mountains, okay? You know, you're going to set off like a fucking absolute hair up the side of a mountain, but there are preordained rest stops, okay? And even when these runners don't feel tired and don't feel fatigued, they are forced to go in and take a rest stop, rehydrate, re-nourish, like get any appropriate rest and recuperation and then they go again. Even if they feel like they can keep going past the rest stop, they are pulled in. Why? Because do you honestly think you can sustain that level of pace? Do you think you can consistently adhere to that standard the whole way up the mountain in one fucking go? No, absolutely not. So you must learn to rest. Rest is an extraordinarily important part. But again, it comes down to thinking. Are we looking at logical solutions? And are we looking at psychological solutions? And I'm not always gonna be here to solve problems on a psychological level for everybody. And I want to encourage you, I want to lead you, I want to educate you, and I want to give you permission it's oh fucking K to slow down. Because I honestly cannot remember the last time I ever had to ask a hard to kill client to do more. I, I legitimately cannot remember. I'm not just saying that, it must be at least a couple of years that I had to ask anybody to do more. I know you are capable of working till the wheels fall off. But what you've got to understand, and this is my fourth point, is the wisdom is already within you. But we use the analogy in the program of it's like trying to listen to a fucking delicate flute playing 
when someone's firing a GPMG next to your head. Okay, that GPMG is you thinking, fucking flapping, and trying to be busy. Just constant fucking bursts over the top. So you can never actually hear the notes that are playing behind that. Whereas if we give you permission to fucking ceasefire, to stop trying to think your way out of solutions, and just to sit fucking still and spend time with that, you will hear very, very palpably what is actually going on in the top two inches. And I wholeheartedly guarantee you that your mind is trying to auto-regulate to self-write and to correct itself and give you the wisdom and the intuition and the insight that you fucking need. And so often it is literally a case of me asking candidates to slow down, okay? Because unless we slow down, unless we stop, we're not gonna be able to do the practices, which I'm gonna come on to in a moment, that allow us to critically think and self-analyze, which so often give us the insights and give us the inspiration as to what we need to do. So again, we're now we're looking at solving problems on a psychological level, not, lo not just logistics. There's a few practices that I would think you'll take an enormous amount of value from. If you listen to today, I don't want you to fall into the trap that, that so many people do when they listen to a podcast is they listen to it, they feel you know, enamored and inspired and they go and do absolutely fuck all with it. So if you do anything today, I'd like you to begin to implement these three tasks. And this is something, again, that we get everybody in the program to do in varying degrees as on a continuum throughout the time of the program. And the first of those is what's called Think in Ink. This is journaling. Now, journaling has received, to be honest, some negative connotations. It's associated with being a bit left of center, a bit fluffy, a bit fucking woo-woo, a bit soft. But the person who first brought this to my attention is a former WO2 from an SF unit, okay? This is not a soft individual. This is not, you know, someone who sat around singing Kumbaya and crying about their fucking feelings. There is an enormous amount of value. And simply put, it's because we're taking the thoughts in our head that are racing around and we're putting them in black and white. So we're taking them out of here and we're putting them down which is finding a home for those racing thoughts. It's finding a way to slow that down and get rid of some of the noise. And it doesn't matter for a second that you don't know what to write or it's not gonna be perfect. Again, understand that is a thinking distortion. That is being fearful that we're gonna look stupid or that we're not gonna do well enough or we're not gonna be the best at journaling. Journaling is perfectionism. You know, let's, let's call it what it actually is. It's fucking using a diary. It's writing something down in black and white. And one thing that I did to an extraordinary amount of benefit, and again, I get so many guys in the program to do, is before they go to bed every evening, in that 30 minute perimeter before bed, what's called a worry journal. So write down everything that's currently on your mind. And it doesn't matter in what way you write it. It doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter how neat it is. It doesn't fucking matter. No one's ever gonna read this. The practice is actually putting it down on pen on paper. What are you concerned about the next day? What are all the thoughts that could keep you from sleeping a restful night? Have you made sure that you've nailed all your admin for, for the next day? And this is where psychological begin to then meets logical and logistical. And two things will happen. As you're writing things down, first and foremost, you'll identify if it's a flawed thought. And again, your inner wisdom will know this. So if you're worried about something that's outside of your control, which we all have a habit of doing, and again, we want to refine and move you away from that. We want to improve the level of your thinking. So if you're writing down something that, that you have no control over, you'll very quickly identify, well, I can't fucking control that, okay? So you put that to bed, stop worrying about it fuck it off, fantastic. I've just liberated energy, time, and bandwidth to think about things I can control. And the second thing that might happen is when you're writing things down, you will naturally come up with an answer for that. You'll come up with, with solutions for these problems and puzzles you're writing down. And this is based on the neurochemistry of how our brain works. If you can remember back to when you were in school and you, know, you got asked a question and you got it right and then immediately got a flood of like productive thoughts and answers that were on that same vein of thought, this is how the neurotransmitter dopamine works. People perceive that dopamine is um, the neurotransmitter of reward, and it's really not. It's actually the neurotransmitter of pursuit. So in order to get you to do better and do more, if you get something right, then you will get these surges of, of dopamine to pursue correct answers and good answers. And that's very much how we start to, to hack into motivation. Hack, want a better phrase, inside the Hard to Kill program. 
So that's the first thing is think in ink, journaling. Second is it's actually fucking slowing down. And if you're an individual who's ambitious, but lives a very high tempo, frenetic, and even potentially stressful life, that might be quite challenging for you to hear. You're like, oh, I, I can't, I can't possibly, I don't have fucking time. I've got two kids, a business, and all this fucking stuff to do. There's no way I can do that. To which my retort would be, show me your fucking screen time and then show me your fucking diary and I will show you where there is space, where is there time. We're not talking about romanticized, long, hour-long periods where you fucking laze on a chaise long listening to fucking harp music and chilling the fuck out in a, in a silk bathrobe. We're talking about small opportune moments throughout the day, 5, 10, 15 minutes, whereby instead of sat fucking monging it, scrolling on social media, you could actually just be, be sat there coffee and or fucking water in hand and just actually thinking maybe a bit of music on not consuming content not looking at anything just allowing yourself to sit with that and i fucking guarantee you that that wisdom and those creative expansive thoughts and solutions to your problems will come to the forefront of your mind i don't want you to immediately have a knee-jerk reaction of that won't fucking work i want you to try it and if it doesn't work come back to me and we'll make some amendments okay i really encourage you to actually message me and let me know if this has worked but more importantly let me know if it hasn't worked because I guarantee with a couple of tweaks, a bit of distillation, it will work for you. And point number three, and this again attaches to the overarching concept of today, which is thinking, I wanted to start asking better questions. I'm an enormous advocate that the quality of questions determines your quality of life. So rather than asking very surface level questions like, what should I write in my journal? Let's let's transcend that. Let's look above that and say, well, what is it, what is it you want to achieve from this practice? Well, you know, maybe I'd like to achieve stillness and a bit more fulfillment in life. Okay. So what would give you, give you stillness and fulfillment in life? Well, I really like doing this, this, and this, okay? When was the last time you did this, this, and this? Well, I haven't for ages. Why not? I'm too stressed and busy, okay? Is that true? Or is that a belief system? Uh, is that a psychological problem or a logical problem? Uh, actually, yeah, it might be a psychological problem. Okay, what do we need to think about? How do we need to think differently to create this space? Because I know logically there's gonna be space here, here, and here. So what is the level of thinking that's holding us back from doing that? And that is the level of thinking, the insights that we use in the Hard to Kill program to lead our clients to create psychological solutions to what seem like logical problems, to create answers where seemingly there was none, to operate in a way that shows you there are always a multitude of different solutions. There are so many answers for all the ways in which you want to lead a more fulfilled, higher performing life whilst achieving greater robustness and heightened levels of resilience. All comes from your thinking.